We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, one of these rosters won $50,000 this weekend. That is pretty exciting when we have, well, there's four here in the room, but we also have our good buddy, Zachary Kruger, who couldn't join us. He is traveling at the moment over the holidays. We'll talk a little bit about his team as well, because the road of his best ball show, he was on with me for that series last year. And um, these are the teams that I'm certainly rooting for this week, but I am rooting for OT more than the other teams. I will hold my hands up and admit that. I'm sure each individual person here will admit that as well we're recording this before thursday night football we will be talking a little bit about players involved in that mainly from our roster with the jets and the browns going head to head there we'll also talk about some of the injury news possible implications and the roster ship percentages across the board but we're kicking things off in ot i think sean this may be maybe one of the first four person shows we have ever done in the history of ot so this one should be fun we're going to bounce around all the teams but Sean, just tell the listeners why we're going to win this contest this weekend. That's all we really care about. Well, as you mentioned, we have some Thursday night football, which always throws a wrinkle into these Thursday during the day shows. But Colin, Justin Fields, you really need one quarterback in the Superflex here. Just the one QB. Because with the way the scoring format works, you need the rest of your players to hit in a way that they knock your second QB out, which is also something we need since we don't have a second QB. We also haven't had a second QB on the last uh, two weeks either. Let's be clear. Well, Justin Fields missed a chunk of time and Sam Howell carried us. And everybody who's frustrated with Sam Howell, which I very justifiably, there are many people like that. He did what he needed to do to get us to this point. And now Justin Fields has to do his job. He was the first round pick. He's got to do it. But call him, We are going to win because we have, and we are the only team that has, Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, and James Cook. That trio there, if they all hit, obviously individual players there are covered. We've got the trio. They all go off. We win it. But Colin, I mean, this is so much fun to be in this for the second year. A couple years ago, when we were in the normal contest, we had Mike Leone on the show. We have two of our favorite people with us today, and it's such a a great OT connection here because Tom made it through the OT Listener League, which is our favorite draft every year. And then Eric and I have been doing some drafts together. He was in the contest the previous year to draft with me. We drafted a team in the 350 version of the FFPC. We did a number of teams together this year. He did a fantastic job filling in when I was traveling earlier this year hosting the show. Tom, Eric, so excited to have you guys on. And I mean, I feel like one of your two teams is going to win it. So you're going for their teams are, are going to come out on top. The one thing I <laughs> want to let the listeners know is Tom did let us know before we started recording here that the team he drafted in the OT Listener League, he was cooking some, I believe it was some curry you were cooking, Tom, while no, no, drafting it, that roster. And uh, <laughs> you've, you've come out on top there. It was moussaka, which is a Mediterranean dish. And uh, yeah, I seem to remember I tend to cook moussaka because it's my wife's favorite dish. Normally when I'm in a little bit of trouble, I want to get back into the good books. But also, 
if there's a reason where like you know i'm trying to find a bit of extra time where i can squeeze out of a weekend or squeeze into an evening then looking for those dishes where i'm like right this is going to take me an hour hour and a half to make i've got enough time to draft in this period and i wasn't going to miss the road of his overtime listener league because they're a lot of fun and this one i believe i was drafting after you guys you guys were at the 106 i was at the 107 and it wasn't my favorite draft when i finished in there but it had a lot of players who I liked. You know, I had Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison in there, who I felt like had a lot of upside. Debo Samuel was someone who I was very high on this year. I thought he was being undervalued. And, yeah, I kind of got by at running back really enough with um, Jalen Warren, Bijan Robinson, Brian Robinson, Gus Edwards, these kind of guys who've just done enough. But one of the big things for me was Puka Nakua, who I took, I think it was in the 20th round, who was a player who just wasn't drafted everywhere in these leagues. And going into this weekend, he's 10% rostered, which is perhaps I kind of hoped he might be sub 10% in this 50-man final, but it's still a good enough difference maker. But the, the real thing, which we can't just ignore here, is my team is the only team in the finals to have Jacoby Brissett the now star commander. <laughs> so if Jacoby Brissett is what you need, then I'm winning the 50k. Yeah, I thought you were trying to get into like the good books with me and Sean with the conversation <laughs> starter. So not the fact that there's two teams in this final with Sam Howell and we're one of them. And now the, <laughs> you know the fact we have one quarterback is due to that. And uh but you never know when you get into the final situations here, having every piece you can. So obviously we're losing a piece and that's an advantage for you. But having that piece you you look at how some of the teams are made up in this. For example, your team is a Baker Mayfield team who is, there's 17 out of the 50. There's 50 teams in this final, 34% rostered. So, like, you know, he's got you here, but ideally for you in this situation with one Jacoby Brissett team, he would be the one that has a, a big day and it helps give you an edge from that perspective. We have to ask Eric, though. Eric, were you cooking while drafting, or, or do you remember the experience in that much detail? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have uh, nearly as exciting of a, a story of drafting mine. I don't remember drafting it. It was a slow draft. Uh, did a lot of the slow super flex drafts. Always have a, always have something going and something on the mind to uh, to mull over. Um, but yeah, very excited for the team. I got uh, a Rams super stack going into the weekend. Uh, which I feel good about, other than not having Kyron Williams. So I'm I'm pretty scared of a, a three touchdown on the ground uh, game as they battle the the Giants this weekend. But um, yeah, feeling good about the team um, and uh, the contest as a whole. It's uh, interesting to see all the different you know ownerships uh, across the board and the different players that are represented heavily and and not heavily. Um, I was looking last night. I think like there's no AJ Brown teams. There's one Kelsey team. Uh, so it's funny how kind of the the sifting sand uh, of the year in the last few weeks can kind of uh, eliminate some players that would be pretty dangerous here at the end. Yeah, really much over the last couple of weeks in particular, as some of the players who would have been really projected to be heavily owned have tailed off. And then, like, for example, James Cook, who may have pushed a lot of these teams into advancing at the end of the line there. We have James Cook. Sean mentioned the three we have, but only four James Cook teams in it at 8% roster ship there so there's a couple of interesting players that got across the board there's other players then which i'll show up here we'll go through some of the highest rostered players and i find it a little bit interesting to see some of these names and some of the names that are higher rostered that may be concerned people may be listening to this after thursday night football amari cooper is somebody who has had some injury reports over the week he is one of the the higher owned players highest owned wide receiver on the board 15 teams 30 percent. so that would obviously impact depending on his thursday night performance the outlook for a lot of teams here none of us having him on the team but you have a david njoku team eric which you know if amari cooper is not 100 they may go through the tight end there that's the way that team has gone the last couple of weeks between those two guys jordan addison with his ankle injury Cortland sutton is in concussion protocol isaiah pacheco's in concussion protocol cole Komet has a knee injury as of time of recording on thursday uh he has not yet practiced so we'll see what happens there but the players you would expect to be heavily rostered, Christian McCaffrey is on 29 of the teams. That is 58%. Brees Hall then it drops all the way down to 24%. And I think you know, if, if it's a player on a fifth of the rosters in these, based on the combinations then beyond that, I'm, I think that like I think this is quite a diverse field outside of Christian McCaffrey and Baker Mayfield, Amari Cooper and Sam Laporta. They're the only players at 30 or above. And then you have Mike Evans at 28%, Adam Thielen 
26 and Chris Olave at 24. But I was looking at some information just before we started recording, which I thought was interesting in terms of the construction. So Jared Goff and Sam Laporta. Goff is the second highest rostered quarterback. We have Sam Laporta then as the highest rostered tight end. There is no Goff Sam Laporta team stacked in this final, which I thought was quite interesting. I thought he would have been a piece that people would have been trying to add into those uh, Goff rosters, but obviously based on ADP, may not have been getting done very often. Then Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans, both of those heavily uh, rostered as a combination but less than half of those, so there's 47% of the teams, eight of those having that combination. And then Fields with Komet is kind of on the opposite side. There's less teams, there's five of them, but that is 83% of Justin Fields' teams are paired with Cole Komet. So again, we'll see what his status will be for Sunday. Looking at some of the players here that are on the high side, were we expecting some of these to be more highly owned, Sean? Were we expecting it to be balanced? This is, I think this is a very balanced across the board final with lots of players then, you know, sub 10% that will be very interesting this weekend. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, when you look at these quarterbacks, it's interesting to see Mayfield there after you know he takes so much flack in the offseason there are questions about if he'll even be the starter you know i had wrote i had written pretty favorably about the potential for mike evans and chris godwin to outperform because baker mayfield was either going to be a much lesser drop from tom brady or perhaps even an upgrade of course, the players I wanted to target there were Evans and Godwin, not necessarily Mayfield. He makes it through. I guess I'm a little bit surprised that he's that high, even with what he has done. Of course, it's going to be a little bit different here than in Best Ball Mania, for example, because all of the starting quarterbacks are very valuable. And when you have that sort of two pieces together, again, one of the things I do want to emphasize, I presented it in a half-joking manner earlier, but I don't think you necessarily want to have two QBs in your lineup it's interesting that Mayfield is able to pull some of these teams through. I guess I'm not that scared of the Mayfield Evans match, but it is interesting to see Tom, as you look at this, who are you most scared of? Is it a situation where, and if I'm remember what I looked at, I mean, neither you Tom nor Eric have Christian McCaffrey. Are you most worried about 
being buried by the half of teams that have him? Or do you have some other guys here where you're thinking that's the guy who is really a problem for my roster? I mean, obviously the the whole thing here, I mean, any of these guys that go off, you don't have, it's going to be problematic. But as you're looking at these games, as you're looking at the builds, what are you most scared of? Yeah. And I think what you mentioned about quarterbacks is really interesting as well, because you look at sort of like the top six guys in sort of seven or eight guys really in roster ship in this final and only Justin Fields at 12% was somebody who was being consistently taken in the first round. What we see is guys who provided value earlier, later on. And it has been the Christian McCaffrey and even Brees Hall kind of drafters that have really dragged teams to the final in some cases. So not having Christian McCaffrey feels quite daunting particularly with them playing the commanders who are like bottom two defense and both run and pass DVOA. My hedge really will have to be that Debo is going to get more of the points. But I mean, we've just seen from Christian McCaffrey, the Niners, they're not easing off on him in any way. They're, you know, they're giving him huge workloads every week. So I think he can be particularly you know, a difference maker this week. Jameer Gibbs as well, like he's become, you know, strength to strength over the last few weeks, RB3 and kind of back-to-back games. And the game against the Cowboys isn't necessarily the best match, but you look at the over-unders and it's a 54-point over-under by far, the highest of the weekend. So part of me worries about what my roster, which is very much Sunday heavy in its players, is going to be facing to climb. But I think looking at the other quarterback pairings in this in this final, I have Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. I already mentioned uh, Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield, and I think that if elite quarterback play shines through this weekend, and if Lamar has an incredible game against Miami, which we saw him do at the beginning of last season, and Dak Prescott, if he lives up to his part of this 54-point over-under, that could make a big difference for me. And it would make a bit of potentially a bit of a difference for the 16% Michael Gallup shares, which are in there. He hasn't been particularly good this year. But like if he came out of nowhere and had a big game, that might make a bit of a difference to that area of the draft against players who were drafted who maybe aren't performing in that sort of area. And I think it's interesting as well when you mentioned some of the stuff there about you know the players that have gone through. But... You know, the first and second round, if we look at that from when these teams would have been drafted, it really is, well, obviously in Superflex, it might be the first four rounds, but it is very much focused on the higher-end running backs that have advanced here. And then you mentioned some of the quarterbacks you have. So it's been a quite a unique season. And then even the playoff weeks have been quite unique with how some of the players who maybe got people here didn't perform. But you know, some players, even like a Chris Olave, who had missed quite a of the season in and out and not having huge performances you know being one of the higher drafted players and Thielen had a good start but really tailed off and then had an okay week last week it's interesting just to see how that has played out Eric anything for you standing out on the higher rostered players before we move into the, the lower yeah guys? yeah yeah so I I thankfully do have Christian McCaffrey so I will I'll sleep uh, good on uh Saturday night going into Sunday uh knowing that uh he, he definitely would scare me uh if I didn't have him on my roster um I was telling Sean I think by email that uh, I honestly did not draft that much uh, Christian McCaffrey, and I, I probably drafted the most of him in the Superflex uh, contest. Once you got to the the back half of the first round, all the quarterbacks kind of dried up, and he was a, a pick for me there a lot. So uh, thankful that I did that uh, here in this contest a bit. Um, I think the guys I'm probably the most scared of are actually um, over at the tight end column. Uh, as much Laporta as I drafted and as much McBride as I drafted, I have uh, neither of them, and uh, honestly, no... Tell uh, us about it. Yeah, what I would call elite uh, tight ends. So uh, I definitely am scared of a big uh, tight end score week. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, putting a lot of hope in Njoku. Hopefully, he can get me, you know, at least 15 plus. Uh, I know he's had a couple of real big weeks. Um, I'm not expecting another, you know, 30 point uh, outing, but something there that can at least get me by. And hopefully, um, you know, guys like Kittle, guys like Laporta and McBride will, uh, uh, at least for this week, uh, keep it tamped down. Uh, it's very odd rooting uh, against guys you've been rooting for all season but those are a couple guys that i hope have uh, a little more ho-hum days yeah that it, it does feel strange but that is the way sometimes in these contests you you do have to to root so we'll move into the lower roster guys and if i was looking at one name there and it, sometimes it's not the guy who is 
at the top of the list of those guys with green beside them that are really heavily on but we obviously you mentioned Debo we have Christian McCaffrey George Kittle has had a number of plays over the last couple of weeks where he is nearly you know going 75 yards for a touchdown and it feels like although the volume isn't really there like he is really looking as good as he has over the last couple of years and he is somebody who you know we have seen in the past you know those two or three touchdown games so Kittle even on six rosters could be somebody who absolutely <laughs> annihilates the the entire slate here for for this particular contest so moving into the lower rostered players and I find it quite interesting because some of the names that aren't on this but are just above it, for example, Dak Prescott was in the quarterback side for the higher roster players with CeeDee Lamb only on five rosters, which is 10% of the teams in this. There's some names down at the bottom end here which get very intriguing, but I have split this into quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends. We'll look at this first, but we do have the wide receivers then coming up. Any names here, Sean, for you again standing out as surprised at just this well, travis kelsey's probably that with uh, one team through maybe be the one but uh there's three kyle pitts team sean we're rooting for pitts this week he may be our only tight end available anyone else standing out for you that it seems like there would have been more of these teams getting through well i do have to mention pitts and say that we are projecting a career game. eight for 120 <laughs> and two game for him I mean, as a, ben as a and I just this week? No. manifested it into being. We think Jalen Waddle is he's either going to be out or just like, how could you possibly play him? We're going to be playing him on our main event team that's in 14th, which means, I mean, he's going to carry all of these teams to victory. I mean, it's going to be a Kyle Pitts week. After the week, this question of like, is Kyle Pitts a bust? Is it his fault? Is it Arthur Smith's fault? That's going to all be in the past because he has such <laughs> a big game. Now, it, it's interesting to look at some of these here. Obviously, when you look at Kyler Murray, when you look at Jalen Hurts, those guys have the potential to Jalen Hurts, one, one Jalen Hurts team, you know, amazing. Yeah, only four Allen teams. Zero two, two teams. Yeah. You know, there, there's there. that's what I mentioned about, you know, obviously there's less chance that that completely overtakes the rest of the field because of the lower percentage, but, you know, big Jalen Hurts week this week and getting like you mentioned with the potential for lamar to do it that you know 30 plus point quarterback week can can really make a big difference in this format and we thought it was an advantage for us that james cook timed his poor game such that there are only four teams in we would love to see him go off now Najee harris continues to like hold his own in that battle with the steelers it's always possible that he gets, you know, two or three touchdowns because he's, you know, he's breaking some tackles. He doesn't have the explosiveness I mean, he's clearly not their better player, but if he's going to get that opportunity, if, you know, Mason Rudolph actually moves the ball, when you think about unlikely outcomes, but outcomes that certainly the scenario is there, you think about these goal line backs I mean, Derek Henry could have an absolutely massive game. I mean, there's the potential for the Lions to play well and David Montgomery to hit four touchdowns. I mean, I remember playing in one of these finals. I think it was um, D'Angelo Williams and the big back for the Giants at the time. One of you guys will have to fill a name in. Roger. Yeah, they, no. they combined for seven touchdowns in that game. They were both on the roster against him. There's the potential for huge touchdown games for some of these running backs. Kyron Williams jumping out there with only the four teams. That part is surprisingly, certainly those four managers have to be excited about what he could potentially do. Tom, and there's going to be, there's going to be a 30 point game somewhere here, possibly a 40 point game. I mean, do you have a guy that looks like he could go off for 40 here and be like the definitive player in this title weekend? I don't think it's going to be Najee, but Najee really scares me this weekend because the Seahawks' run defense is like the fifth worst team in run defense DVOA over the last five games. And it just feels like, you know, Jalen Warren's advanced at a higher rate. I took a good stance on Jalen Warren this year, but Najee Harris give, coming back to bite me right in week 17, championship weekend, would feel very on brand. Um, I think looking at these players, I mean, Joe Mixon's had so much opportunity at times. Like we saw last week, he had a bit more work than Chase Brown had, you know, been eaten into. I think that 
in terms of the matchups, the Chiefs' run defense is terrible. So I think that Joe Mixon could be okay, but I don't think he's probably really got like a 30-point game in him. Looking at it, though, I mean, if if we went down to 4%, I have Bijan Robinson, who's like only on two rosters. And Bijan Robinson just feels like he's always on the cusp of these things before Arthur Smith Arthur Smith's him. And we saw last week, like he had a 36% target share, 10 targets, which are a career high. So that's what I keep telling myself, but the big blow-up game is coming with the low advance rate like you want. But the team with Travis Kelsey, I was looking at their roster. They've also got Tyreek Hill. And it feels like if those two players combine and really go off, that could create a kind of gulf, which is going to be pretty difficult for the rest of us to really try and claw back. So we'll jump over to wide receivers for the less than 10% guys, and we'll let Eric take his pick here. There's a huge amount of, you mentioned Debo in your roster, for example, four Debo teams of 8%. There's a lot of interesting names. I know uh, Zach is very interested in Jamar Chase, and if he's healthy this week, just four Jamar Chase teams, four Amon Ross St. Brown teams, four Rasheed Rice, three for JSN, three for Zay Flowers. Lots and lots of interesting names on this particular list. And we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Sean, that on back-to-back weeks, DeAndre Hopkins both broke our hearts and then broke our hearts again for two very different reasons. He's on one team in this particular uh, format. So there's lots of players that could make big differences, even the likes of a DK Metcalf only rostered on, on one team. Eric, who scares you in the less than 10%? Or is it a player that you have that you think will make the difference for you? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm... I'm definitely excited to have uh the heavy ram stack uh going into the weekend so i have uh both cup and nakua uh on the squad uh paired with stafford so uh from the last slide i'm i'm terrified of kyron williams uh eating up all the touchdowns but if that does not happen uh, i feel good that 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 game will uh generate some points and hopefully they'll they'll go to the right players um so those are two guys i'm very excited to have i think in terms of the scariest on this list uh and i'm very glad that he's only down at uh three uh, teams uh, rostered, but is Justin Jefferson. Um, I think that's the uh, the hammer game on Sunday night, and uh, with the rest of the Vikings uh, seemingly, you know, on IR and uh, likely not to play, um, you know, I could just see him, you know, racking up like a 15 target game and, and doing one of his classic 100 uh, plus yards and a couple touchdowns. So, Sean, that was the final game. That was a Sunday night football game two seasons ago when we were with an Aaron Rodgers Devante Williams team that. The Packers were so far ahead at halftime that they they just canned it. We had two first half Devonte Adams touchdowns, and Sean. Then it was all down to speaking of Baker Mayfield. Could have come all full circle this year. It was him and Jarvis Landry on Monday Night Football that that didn't get us over the line. But Sean, any names here before we get into things that we do want to talk about from two years ago? Uh, <laughs> anything here stand out for you? I think that there are going to be some big games from some unlikely sources i think that will be part of the story and we have players like a marvin mims i'm excited to see how the benching of russell wilson perhaps impacts how they play it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an overall upgrade that would be a little bit of a surprise but sometimes it will unlock a specific player Mims, someone who has had no impact this year but if somebody caught a couple of 60 yard touchdowns i mean he has the type of profile who could do that jalen hyatt somebody who has a couple of big games this year and then a bunch of zeros but if you're going to have the big game here this would be the time for it scenario i mean eric bouncing back to you do you have a player on your roster who hasn't scored hardly any points for you that you think that week 17 could be his coming out party yes i do i was uh, hoping you'd throw it my way um so saturday night got detroit lions and the dallas cowboys and uh one and only jameson williams has been uh heating up a little bit last few weeks more and more playing time getting some targets looking good uh seems like dan campbell's fired up to have some uh some jamo uh so yeah so i would love a uh, bomb or two uh to him uh for a touchdown and uh it honestly would would help uh negate some of the you know kind of heavy um detroit lions ownership on laporta and amon Ra and guys like that so i would i would love uh, a jamo game uh for the one time yeah and sean mentioned uh russell wilson you know being benched in marvin mims I, I do have like although it will be beneficial to non-russell wilson teams like our team in this contest that like we're losing sam howell who's played really bad the last two weeks and we kind of had that fear it could happen that was a 
a real surprise over the last couple of days you know with them benching him this week ahead of the final so i have to you know feel a little bit of empathy with the russell wilson managers this week entering this competition sean i did do a deep dive it took me a little bit of time there but 2008 week 16 34 to the giants 28 to the panthers we got d'angelo williams 24 for 108 and four touchdowns it was branton jacobs 24 for 87 three touchdowns going his way but sean there was three touchdowns to branton jacobs in that game Derek Ward had 15 carries for 215 yards and no touchdowns in that game. So the, the running backs were... It was were, an insane game. It was crazy. The running backs were lighting things up in that particular game. Both quarterbacks sub-186 passing yards. So uh, all about the running game in that week 16 clash for the fantasy. We were involved in a free-for-all. And it's like all, all, the, the team was the best team was going to score. was going to score a lot of points. It reminds me a lot of this past week where Pat and I are in the 1250 level Rotoviz Triflex. We scored 190 behind Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Allen, what have you. We're nine points down going into <laughs> the second week of it. The Amari Cooper manager put up 199. And I mean, I probably shouldn't be bringing this up at this point in time, but that's structured so the first place is seven thousand, second place is twenty five hundred. I would like to win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see <laughs> how that goes. Tom, who's going to be the MVP from this board here in week seventeen? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I really like a lot of the matchups that I've got on my roster this weekend. I think the Ravens kind of stack against Miami. If things go nuclear, I'll be very happy. Um, but yeah, for me, it comes back to either... Debo Samuel, because Washington plays so much too high looks and he's just dominating against them. He is the first read on pretty much all of those. Or perhaps Buka Nakua, because the Giants, their defense has just completely tailed off. So I've got more confidence in those two players than virtually anybody, particularly the running back room. It just feels like I'm skating by a little bit and I feel like that's what's going to let me down mostly. With your team, Tom, um, obviously Cortland Sutton, I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, in concussion protocol we had seen players who were in concussion protocol basically never be out of concussion protocol for the following week over the last three weeks i don't know what the, the changes in the protocol are but a lot more players are getting out of the protocol within the same week but obviously if he plays any concerns with the switch from russell wilson but you have a few players here which and a team that has been quite healthy throughout the season a couple of players heading into this week outside of the quarterback position that that have some concerns around them addison sutton you know how, how are you feeling and the other question i just have to you was like i'm, I'm kind of i was going to ask you your concerns i'm trying to set up your concerns here for you but uh the other part of it was sean mentioned our roster and we'll look at it in a little bit more depth in a minute but we drafted two quarterbacks you have a four quarterback six running backs six wide receiver three tight end build here was that an approach you were taking in this contest or in general with Superflex this season? How do you feel about it at this point overall? So it wasn't typically what I was going after for quarterback builds. I mean, I, I love the row of his tools you guys have for looking at what's historically worked in these drafts. And I spent a lot of time in the off season kind of like playing with different permutations and working out, okay, what's been slightly more optimal. If I take a quarterback here, how much should I be aiming for? Um, but it was more 
just a little bit of a hedge against Baker Mayfield, who was my QB three, really. Like I didn't have as much faith as apparently I should have had in <laughs> Baker Mayfield. And I didn't ever feel as much conviction about Sam Howell as you guys did. So for me, it was looking at going, okay, can I, you know, hammer together a third quarterback between two different players? And I took Jacoby Brissett in round 18, at which point, obviously, picks don't really kill you as much if you get them wrong. And it's been one of those very few rosters I've had in the Superflex format where all my quarterbacks have stayed healthy. Like I think so much of what we're seeing across basketball tournaments this year are teams that haven't had a full roster of quarterbacks. Like I had teams advancing into week 16 with no healthy quarterbacks and you can get by at certain levels, but sooner or later that attrition just catches up on you. So yeah, I think quarterback, I have no worries about whatsoever, but then between Brian Robinson being banged up and having little reason to come back and play, Devin Singletary taking on the Titans, who are a good run defense when they want to be, and then Jordan Addison and Cortland Sutton being banged up. It feels like I'm probably going to be relying on a second tight end in my flex spot, and I'm going to need two quarterbacks in my in my starting lineup as well. So I don't have as much wiggle room as I've had for the entire season, definitely. Yeah, and it can be interesting. Like, for example, if Mark Andrews was healthy going into this week, like tight end would be much more of a concern. So you, there is certain things that have worked out throughout the season to fall into those parts. But that team that me and Sean mentioned from two years ago, we were like at this point trying to pitch together like the tread and the needle between the injuries and hoping at that point that Elijah Moore was going to be back off injured reserve to give us an extra, you know, attempt to, to add some points to the lineup. And you touched on the quarterback injuries, which has been a big factor. So you have four healthy starting quarterbacks heading into this weekend, which not a lot of teams are going to have at this particular point. And the other part of that is Sean did mention, you know, having those other players filling in as your second flex, but this is a roster which will likely be driven by the the second flex being the quarterback which would also make sense in this particular instance looking I mean, at I'm your terrified team, of that Dak Prescott yeah. Lamar Jackson double there I mean that could wipe us all out yeah like if they, if they have big days and put up you know 25 plus into the 30 like the, those guys can put up 35 points each and then like that is well that's that's why you drafted them <laughs> that's the reason <laughs> yeah. for it uh moving in Eric to your roster here led by Brock Purdy who had a tougher week last week but you mentioned you know I'm surprised as well there's you know quite a few there's 14 percent Brees Young teams I don't think they're being powered by Young himself I think they're being they're being dragged along with him but um Matthew Stafford you mentioned him and then you have Coop, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua which you know could give you a, a big edge because there's just six Matthew Stafford teams five Cooper Cup teams and then you have five Puka teams as well so it is one of those situations when you're looking at pivot points between the different rosters as to where those points go when you're looking at particularly the likes of the lions and then you're looking at the 49ers there's just so many ways those touchdowns and so on can be divided up but this is a situation where if it's through the air you're in really good shape because you also have tyler higby and if it's on the ground it's going to be one of those one three or carson sean McVay at the end of the day Yes, yes, it, it definitely could be. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, was was tilting the. Uh, I guess it was Thursday last week when when Cooper Cup had a couple uh, potential end zone uh, catches that they were tough catches, but they I would classify them as drops, and those were painful. And so I'm I'm crossing my fingers that does not happen again uh, this week. Um, I'm feeling good about the squad. Uh, like I said earlier, I think uh, in terms of pretty concerns, healthy. Yeah, yeah, very healthy, which I'm uh, thankful for. Um, concerns is probably tight end. Uh, it's probably despite having four, probably one of the weaker uh, tight end rooms I drafted on uh, FFPC uh, this year. So I'm hoping hoping we can get uh, some kind of 20-point score out of that uh, collection of guys. I haven't heard if uh, if Henry is going to be uh, healthy and back this week, but that would be a big boost. Um, and then probably the second concern, I feel great about the uh, running backs. Uh, Sean's point about uh, quarterbacks, I feel you know great having Purdy and Stafford and, and hoping they can fill uh, one of the slots. Um, I think it's probably... Uh, at receiver like I have some good receivers but like you really need um, 
you know, at least three big scores from receiver. And I could see, you know, getting one, uh, maybe two from Cup Nakua, and then hopefully Ayuk uh, is the guy. But beyond that, uh, definitely some thinner uh, plays if Waddle is not playing. So I uh, certainly hope uh, Waddle will miraculously uh, be playing this week. Uh, but if not, I think receiver is the other uh, area where I'm just hoping I can get kind of that uh, big uh, third or fourth score to put in the lineup. Yeah, so you have the two Lions and Gibbs and Williams, and then you have the two 49ers and McCaffrey and Ayuk. And obviously those guys can all get there and put up big numbers, but you know that path is a little bit more, it's, it's tighter for both of them to hit. But I guess the other part of that is you have two darts at two of the higher scoring offenses in the NFL. So you know it can still work out for you. But I have to say the one thing I would pick out of this team is it's a 3-5-8-4 roster. You mentioned you're comfortable with the running backs. To have five running backs of Christian McCaffrey, Gibbs, Tony Pollard hasn't had the season that we have hoped for so far, but then Chuba Hubbard, who's had a really strong finish this season and have Ford in there as well. That's a, even though we're probably disappointed in Pollard's season, I think you've you've nailed picking five running backs because five running backs can be thin selections on a, you know, a roster of this size. How did Eric, you manage you and I, that and can you give us your secret? <laughs> Eric, you and I drafted quite a few teams together and you've taken this idea of waiting on the quarterbacks not to an extreme necessarily but certainly you followed one of the things that we were talking about where if you don't get a clear qb1 to wait on it and it's given you a incredible team in terms of running backs and wide receivers by sort of punting on both qb and tight end which again has some downsides as you mentioned but to have a team with McCaffrey, Gibbs, and Pollard that also has Ayuk, Cup, and Waddle, to be able to get Cup through, even though he has the bad season, to have all that firepower. And then, I mean, this team here is a real tribute to great late round drafting as well, because your quarterbacks are actually strong. You hit on both Hubbard and Ford. You hit on Nakua. I mean, this team is so loaded. And partly what you did was you know, rely on the the idea that the evidence does suggest that waiting on a QB will work, but then also you relied on your strength as a drafter and believed in yourself to hit on some of these guys. Now we talk about overconfidence sometimes and how we want to be careful about that, but you also, I mean, you have to believe that you could actually draft a good team and you've gone out and you've drafted a great team here. Cool. Well, I appreciate that. But yeah, I, and I definitely leaned into the the late quarterback uh, this year in Superflex and feel uh, really good about uh, how that turned out. Uh, I wish that I uh, I kind of included like uh, Herbert and Mahomes and uh, and Burrow in that kind of top quarterback tier that I always would take in the first round if they were there. And those picks uh, certainly did not work out. But uh, punting kind of the rest of the quarterbacks from the end of round one through about round three uh, was really helpful uh, in the tournament this year. So, Sean, as we move on here, Zach did ask me to get Sean Siegel's thoughts on his roster that he's feeling pretty good about. He was disappointed he couldn't jump on with us to make it a, a you know, bigger roundtable here as we get ready for this weekend. But he is also a Baker Mayfield team with Jared Goff. When we look through it, some interesting players for him. Hopkins had just one team. Obviously, that will probably be the team to break our heart this weekend. But uh, then we get Jamar Chase for Cooper Cup, like yourself, Eric, George Pickens, who has got true, is Olavi, like ourselves. But he has Trey McBride, who although did not work out last week, has been a landslide at tight end recently. But it's a A-chan team. There's only five A-chan rosters. Rashad White is in there as well. Kenneth Walker, Sean, 3% or three teams, 6% rostered. The other thing I was going to mention, he has a Taysom Hill team, and I know there was issues with Taysom Hill and his position allocation earlier at, you know, at the very deadline of the NFL season. He did slot in a quarterback for two weeks for this roster which i thought was interesting as well but zach has a four six seven three team some crossover between the combination of our rosters but also i think quite a, a unique roster all around sean head us with your your thoughts well i know that zach was i mean i'll overstate it but furious about hill not be, <laughs> being a tight end and I don't think you're, being, play, you're not selling it enough, Sean. I don't <laughs> think there is. I mean, it it would have worked out in a huge way if he were there. But I mean, Zach has us all beat because he has the absolute tournament winner in Trey McBride. I mean, we know that Trey McBride is the fantasy MVP, the best tight end in the NFL. I mean, if Kyler Murray weren't such a low-end quarterback, he would probably be you know scoring 30 points a game. I think that this team 
wins through McBride. And I'm going to go out on a ledge and say, I mean, this is the week that our hyper-talented or our ultra-talented running backs, this is going to be the A-chan week. This is going to be the Kenneth Walker week. I mean, Kenneth Walker needs to break about 25 tackles in a game to get to his 100 yards and two touchdowns, but he is uniquely capable of he doing also needs that. To run, he needs to run for 200 yards to accumulate 100 rushing yards. <laughs> it's interesting because at this point, Charbonnet is barely playing, and yet he does manage to go in for the only snaps that matter. So the path to Walker getting a big game is tricky, but... Yeah, you look at this, and certainly if, if Chris Olave can go off, that would not only help Zach, but Colm, it would help you and I as well. Yeah, selfishly, it would certainly help us. But the thing I like when we look through our rosters, we'll go back to ours now, but even at the top-heavy players, like on our team here, we have the Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, then Chris Olave, Cole Komet, that are all 20-plus percent. But that you, there is enough uniqueness across the rest of the rosters where like they are only... A handful of teams across the board so even having high rostered players is not much as i mentioned at the start of concern at all and there's enough different ways to differentiate yourself at the end of it so i think that's going to make for a lot of fun this weekend sean i'll get your thoughts first i'll get the guys thoughts then we obviously have sam howell unlikely to accumulate points this week there was just the two sam howell teams which could have been quite a unique process in terms of filling that spot but as you mentioned as well we have only really had one quarterback throughout the entirety of the season with Fields being out and now Howell being out and his underperformance the last couple of weeks. But I think the running backs, and including Ty Chandler now, starting to get a little bit more. I, Roshan Johnson has looked okay and has limited opportunities. But you know, I think there's a, a huge amount of upside here. And the one player I was quite surprised in our team, you know, when I'm thinking about James Cook, I was surprised by that, obviously. But Rishi Rice only having four teams out of 58% really surprised me this week because he has been pretty consistently strong over the last couple of weeks so he is somebody Sean in your Kansas City Chiefs I think could make a a really big difference here for this roster as well yeah this was a little bit of a, a meltdown week sometimes keeping your composure for a long stretch of time as I would argue that Patrick Mahomes has done up until the last couple of weeks then when you finally break you break in such a big way that maybe you should have let off some steam you shot her previous to that the chiefs are not in a great place right now but i do think the rishi rice is one of the answers for them as i mentioned I, I just have a lot of confidence that i mean again if we win we need something a little bit unexpected and fun to happen you have to have a little bit of that magic to get the title i think quentin johnston marvin mims or jalen hyatt will go off I don't have the same confidence for John Dotson or Chase Claypool. Although, you know, if there's a Could positive the about Claypool, Jacoby, Yeah, I mean, if Jacoby Brissett goes in and, and maybe he's like, I don't think that Sam Howell was going to be in our starting lineup if we win. So losing him doesn't bother me. I mean, obviously it, it cuts down on your pass, but it doesn't bother me. And maybe it makes Dotson the player here I mean, basically it just doesn't look like Jahan Dotson can actually play so that's a bigger problem than who's throwing him the ball Sean but, we're meant to be building up his confidence ahead of this weekend's game not telling him that he can't play football well I mean you've got to look at this this team from the perspective of you know what what's happening we're gonna we're gonna build the exciting scenarios while at the same time thinking through what what the guys have have actually brought to the table I think that Quentin Johnston too I mean I mentioned the other two players but you break a couple of big plays. He's looked more confident. One of the things with Johnston is you could argue that maybe there have been too many intermediate passes where he is a deep threat. He's a manufactured touch guy. And let's see a game where they manufacture some of those touches like TCU did. I mean, he could run with the ball in his hands. Let's get in the ball in his hands. Again, we're going to see something unique in this game. And one of the things that didn't help us last week but could come into being in a way that really makes a difference. I think that Ty Chandler has the potential to go off for a 150 and two kind of game, certainly not predicting that, but you look at the different scenarios. It's funny to see Tank Bigsby here. We had a ton of Travis Etienne. This is really our only Bigsby share, I think against across our entire portfolio. He was, he dropped multiple rounds before, below where he usually goes and sean he, this was draft that doesn't necessarily matter but this was sean, in are the, you excited the, that our, our one bigsby share is is here in the final 
are very excited. Uh, but <laughs> this was at the height of the Bigsby, you know, propaganda in the preseason. This was like where we just couldn't believe that he didn't get drafted up higher because that was the point where we continued to stay on the ETN side of things. We continued to draft him, continued, continued. And this is the only team I am sure of that we, we drafted him on. But Sean, who knows? Who knows? And you're hyping up some of these guys. I feel like we're going to have at least 230 points this week. So we, we should be in in with a shot tight end is where i'm most concerned if it was a case that cole Komet did miss out obviously with greg dulcich who is on injured reserve but there's still a potential that he could be activated um so but if, if Komet would miss it's it's solely on pets which is a precarious is situation he's gonna, he's gonna go yeah. big tom how many points is it gonna take to win yeah, this week how, how are you seeing the top 10 finish what where do we need to be pointing how do we need to be rooting as we go through these games well yeah we've definitely seen some different weeks over the last few weeks of this tournament i think that looking at the amount of matchups and looking at okay we've got 54 point over under in the saturday night game between dallas and detroit we've got the miami baltimore game which is a 47 point over under you've got arizona philly which is a 48 point over under we haven't had weeks like this with this many high over-unders throughout the season. And that's San Francisco, Washington, that's 48.5 over-under. So if all of these games hit in the way that the bookies are expecting them to, I think you're talking 170, 180 to really be in with a shot of it. Yeah, I, I was going to set when we are thinking about like the over-under in terms of what would be a massive week usually in this format is going to be like if you're over 190 it's a massive week even with the super flex because it's not adding the super flex it's just adding the option for that flex to be a quarterback uh so i think to be in the mix if you if, i think if you're in the over 180 i think you're really in the mix to win it and i think once you start approaching 190 200 uh, you have a chance but the unfortunate thing for any other teams is we are going to have 230 plus so you can battle it out for second place. That Isn't is going to set the standard pretty high. We scored 191 to win our pod in week 15. We scored 175, I believe, to win our pod in week two. Uh, Eric, do you remember what your scores were the last couple of weeks and, and how that kind of fit into the rest of the group there? Yeah, I had actually week 15, I had a massive week. I was at 221. Uh, cool. And then last week I was at 180. Um, I think my team has scored over 160 ever since week 10, so feeling good about that. Um, but yeah, I what, do think what are your highs for the year? I would need to go back and look. Um, that 220 was probably the high. I think because I think on average, I mean, I had a good team. I finished first, but it wasn't like a you know near the top of the leaderboard. I think I averaged like 150 points a week, so uh, I definitely came on stronger at the end. So I think. Um, yeah, I think we're going to have to crest 200 to win, and I think probably maybe even above 210. So I think we'll have to have uh, some pretty monster scores. That would be Thomas, pretty. It sounds like we're lucky big. we weren't in with Eric. Do you remember your two scores? Uh, I'm just scrolling back through some of them now. Um, I had, I kind of got by. I was second place in both my playoff pods and just kind of scraped in a little bit. I was quite nervous going to bed over here in the UK. Like I went to bed at a point where. I wasn't sure if the Ravens were going to do enough to drag my team in, and I ended up at 176, 10 points clear of third place. But the week before, I'd had 171. Looking back through the season, I had plenty of sort of 170, 180s, a couple of 190s. Um, I don't think I put, uh, crept over 200 at any point, though. Yeah, so I had, our team, Sean, I was looking through I had um, uh, both my teams, or two of my Superflex teams were in the same pot, and uh, both of them scored uh, 220. <laughs> so and did they both I, I felt bad for whoever else was in that pod. Yeah, they you, both went through, and the awesome. uh, the other one lost uh, this last week, but uh, it was kind of an odd uh, coincidence. I think I only had like four or five teams in the tournament, and uh, two were together. That, but it's it's awesome to get two out of the 12 to, to go through like that. I was looking, Sean, at ours, and this team was a team that up until the last week, it snuck over the line. It was kind of going from second to third to second to third over that period of time, but it was more a case that we consistently scored than we scored high our highest during the entire season was 180.6 we had a 178.7 and week 14 was 162.3 which helped get us through but there's nothing like outlandish in any of the weeks a lot of them are in the 
120 to 150 range and that's probably why we were battling to get through and i had mentioned like the two teams that i liked the most that i you know solo teams that i had drafted they were like a bit like it sounds like your team you know cresting you know 160 plus every single week throughout the way but they bounced once the sam laporta and uh <laughs> trey mcbride stuff didn't work out but in terms of our team sean the one thing i have thought about it throughout has been the consistency and even last week for example when we were looking at how that went the only player that had a big week really last week the only player plus christian mccaffrey was the second highest scorer at 25 points and the other player then was uh Brees hall obviously had 40 points but we have a lot of players who have been consistently like 15 to 25 points so i i kind of feel like if any of those have a big week this week that that's really where it's going to push us over because i'm pretty confident that the rest of the guys are going to put up numbers that will be able to fill all the spots across the board we just need a couple of there's a question how many 30 point games do you think you need in this because we're going we might have a player that you know gets that 40 point game like a christian mccaffrey and then you know it doesn't take a lot else to fill in that 180 points that we're talking about from the rest of the players I'm looking for 30 plus from CMC, Hall, and Cook all together. That's that's our path with 90. the three stars. This has been such a fun exercise. I'm so excited to have been able to have you all on. I I, I feel like the good vibes from this, or at least my you know pleasure and, and enjoyment of being able to to share it with you and, and hear what you guys are thinking, you know, makes me more confident. Not necessarily about our team, but just from this group having somebody do well, which would just be so exciting. Tom, share with the listeners anything else that you would like on, on any topic. What other things are you looking for in week 17 across the different things you're involved in? G- give us some good vibes as we head into to New Year's. Yeah, I mean, most of my best ball teams are all dead as is often the way, <laughs> but you know, this but is I the one which... Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people can heavily relate to that. But for me, it's just really the the best ball community has become such a great place to be. And yes, there are weeks where it can feel a bit miserable, where like week 15, where everybody loses a huge percent of teams that they felt really good about. And that But going into week 17, we are days away from millions of dollars being doled out in prize money. And... Honestly, if it's not somebody on this stream, it's hopefully somebody who I interact with or whether it's somebody who's part of the Discord that we run on the Fantasy Sanctuary. I know a lot of our, we've got four or five members in there with hopes of big money this weekend. And uh, to everybody who's got those kind of sweats, whether it's for a dynasty league, whether it's the home league, you know, they all matter because fantasy matters. And I'm just excited to see how it plays out and then get into the off-season. I mean, I just love the off-season and getting into all the data. Yeah, so the off-season's not far away, but we will enjoy one more week of like the pinnacle of the fantasy football season. Tom mentioned in passing there, the Fantasy Sanctuary. Check out their YouTube channel and all the great stuff that they're doing over there. And you can follow Tom as well on Twitter at NFL underscore T-Strack. In terms of you know the game on this side of the Atlantic, I know we obviously a lot of the players are over there in the us but the game has expanded massively in the uk and ireland but i would say more so in the uk population and tom's done a, a great job with like he- heavily um sharing information around the best ball side of things so shout out to tom for that eric what's going on for week 17 and what are we excited about here yeah i'm i'm incredibly excited and uh really just grateful to have uh have a team uh in the mix um it's you know what you play for is just to be here and to have a chance and uh you know probably the most exciting uh time of the year from a fantasy perspective so super uh excited for that um and uh yeah really just grateful for uh just fantasy in general it just gives me a great uh you know fun outlet uh in life and uh I think the you know reason I'm so into it is because of the communities uh, around Rotaviz and ship chasing. Uh, it's awesome to have you know great people that you can uh, you know draft with and cut it up with and uh, you know strategize with. So um, yeah, just grateful to be here and have a chance and uh, hoping that one of us will take it down. Yeah, and I just remembered as we're getting ready to sign off here, this show, you know, coming up to the end of December, our next show, Sean, I believe, will be 
in 2024. Obviously, we're right at the end of December. We're heading into January, but obviously, we, we may have to do an emergency podcast, Sean, if this team comes in first place. But we'll see. Of course, the best way to get the shows once they're available is go to your podcast feed, subscribe to Rotoviz Overtime. You'll get them all once they are available. But good luck to everyone playing this weekend, whether it's in your redraft league, your dynasty league, no matter what format it is in. Whether you're in BBM4, let's bring home some of that big cash money. But until we are back, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until next time, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.